Oi! It's over! It's over, they're done in England! Oh, what a fucking day, guys! Holy shit! This is The Angry Ape, episode 12. It's your boy, Tommy Gun Tony. Um, holy shit, guys, this might have been one of my favorite uh, days that I've watched UFC in... Uh, I can't even remember how much... Like, and how, how long it's been. I mean, this... I've just... The entire day... I mean, I'm speechless right now. I had so much fun. They were so exciting. Uh, the outcomes of these fights were incredible. The finishes today were incredible. Um, England, clap it up for fucking England. I was talking shit about the accents. I got nothing but respect now. Holy fuck, your stadium was packed. The O2 Arena was amazing. They were nothing but supportive for every single English fighter that fought. Um, this place was electric. Absolutely electric. And guys, oh my god, do I have parlay news to drop today. Uh, I couldn't even wait for Monday to record this podcast. I was like, fuck it. I got enough time. They got done early. Let's go ahead and record the episode now while all these fights are fresh in my head. Um, oh my gosh. I mean, wow. Paul Felder and, uh, uh, of course, Michael Bisping commentating tonight. Bisping loved uh, being home in England doing it. Uh, he seemed at home and so comfortable uh, calling these fights. Uh, I think at one point he went and drank uh, Howlerhead whiskey uh, right out of the bottle with Molly McCann, which was awesome. We'll get into that a little bit later. But wow, 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 wow. What a fucking day. I mean, first of all, let's talk about how uh, when the fights are in England might be my favorite times to watch UFC because the, the prelims started at 1.30, main card started at 4, and the fights got done by 6.50. I mean, come on. It's I got the rest of my night now. This is amazing. And I watched... Uh, I'm pretty sure 12 of the best UFC fights I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, maybe maybe 11. Uh, one of them was kind of shitty, but the rest of them were, oh my God, so fucking good. I can't, I can't believe it. Um, and of course, we'll get into the bets and how the bets turned out. Uh, guys, I want you to take this and listen. Uh, when I do these... Uh, recaps. I'm recapping the fights as I listen as I listen to them live, right? Um, or I I just watched the fight live tonight, so this is now my recap. Usually on Mondays, I got a little bit of space in between because of how late they are. Um, since I've been doing it the way I have, right? Um, I've been able to use my Instagram to kind of live update the status of these bets and the parlays and kind of give you guys updates throughout the whole night about how the fights are going. Sometimes I got little clips, sometimes I got snippets, sometimes it's just pictures and text, but uh, you really can follow, if you're not unable to follow uh, or watch the fights, you can go on the Instagram and uh, watch the story and see how the whole thing goes through. It was really, really a great night. Um, I officially got the Instagram handle changed. It is now the Angry Ape Pod. Right at the Angry Eight Pod on Instagram, uh, it's the exact same thing on uh, Twitter and TikTok. So all three now, boom, 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 the Angry Eight Pod. Uh, your boy Tommy Guntoni. All right, um, guys. Wow, what a fucking night! I'm so stoked. Uh, this was, phew, I mean, just nonstop bangers for 12 fights straight, and. I don't think I've had my heart race faster, my feet sweat or palms sweat more than I did today. That also could have been the Death Wish coffee that I had right before the fight started, but I don't think that's neither here nor there. Um, 
listen, tonight we made money, right? And we're going to get into it, how it all worked out. And, and uh, it's, it's not a lot of money, right? I'm, I'm not going to tell you the amount yet. I'll tell you when we get to it. But just know that tonight was about chasing the dragon. The dragon that for the past four weeks, before last week, was elusive. And last week we got a hold of it. We made about 50 bucks, right? This week we grabbed on a little tighter and we caught the dragon again. You know, he slipped away a few times throughout t- t- today, but we ended up catching it. And that's what makes the fucking podcast successful today is we did not go negative. Now, two weeks in a row, give it up for the angry ape. All right. Your boy, Tommy Guntoni is on a roll. This is two weeks. I'm calling it right. Next week is also going to be our week. All right. There's a Dawkins fight. I think Dawkins is going to make his comeback. After going down hard to Derek Lewis, we'll get into that, obviously, a little bit later in the week when we do the fight predictions. But for the recap, just know that we are on a run. This is two weeks in a row, foot on the gas, all right? We had an opportunity to make a lot more than what I actually took home, but now it's pedal to the metal while we got this momentum, all right? That was the main thing I wanted to do was keep the momentum going from last week, and right now, I feel so fucking good. So good. So good. Let's go ahead and get into these fight recaps. All right. So we started off the night uh, with flyweight bout between Muhammad Mokayev and Cody Durden. All right. Uh, the fight ended in a win for Muhammad Mokayev. Uh, round one submission. I mean, golly, was this kid uh, electric tonight. Um, he absolutely came prepared and and lived up to the hype like no one's business. I mean... What a fucking performance. Beautiful power shots, followed up with a nasty submission. Um, I mean, the, the, the fight was less than four minutes. Or four minutes and two seconds this fight took. And uh, if, if, if Muhammad didn't get the submission, Cody Durden was going to get knocked out. The Punisher made his UFC debut. And, oh my God, this, this kid is electric. All right? We're watching this kid for the future. He is going to make an absolute splash in this featherweight division. All right, Mohamed Mokayev, we got uh, we got our eyes on you now. So going forward, remember that name, Mohamed Mokayev. What a finish! I haven't even looked yet to see what the fight of the night performance bonuses is. We'll do that after the recap. All right. Um, actually, yeah, let's go ahead and uh, just yeah, we'll go ahead and do that right at the end and, and see who got the, the bonuses. All right. So that Muhammad Mokayev was the first fight on our um, Big Fish parlay, all right? I told you guys we had two parlays. We had the British parlay, which was the five main uh, British fighters that we picked, um, all on the same parlay. That was plus nine-something. And uh, we had the... um, Hold on, I'll actually tell you guys right now what they were. One second. All right, so the uh, British parlay was 25 to win 195, right? And then the Big Fish parlay was 25 to win 35. This was our hedge, right? So this Mohamed Mokayev fight was the first fight on our hedge, and uh, we want to start the day off strong. Kid gets the submission, we're stoked, all right? We're moving along. We're now at Corey McKenna and Elise Reed with the women's strawweight bout. Uh, this was the one fight I heard you guys heard me say earlier. I was not... Uh, 
enthralled with. This was also a pretty big upset. Uh, Corey McKenna was a minus 300. Elise Reed was plus 235. I'm glad I didn't put Corey McKenna on the big fish um, parlay because the girl, I mean, to be honest, I didn't understand the split decision because Elise Reed spent most of her time on her back. I think Corey McKenna had a uh, takedown in each round. Um, I mean, blah, blah, blah. I can't really talk about this fight anymore. It's, it, it wasn't fun to watch. Uh, Elise Reed wins by split decision at a plus 235 underdog. It's, it was crazy. I honestly think Corey McKenna had the fight. She had three takedowns, a takedown each round, but they, they scored it to Elise. I mean, if we want to break it down real quick, um, total strikes, Elise Reed had 121, McKenna had 99. Uh, takedowns, McKenna had three of seven takedowns. Uh, Elise Reed had zero. So, I mean, significant strikes was 60 to 76. So I guess the split decision just came from the 16 extra significant strikes and the three takedowns didn't make up for it. Uh, like I said, didn't make sense to me at all. Um, okay, moving along, we got uh, Bantamweight bout with Jack Shore and Tamir uh, Valiv. Uh, neither this one nor the last one were on our parlay, so we're just going to hit these kind of quick. Um, Jack Shore is a fucking monster. He's the man, dude. Um, I'm pretty sure this guy is, uh, Welsh. Jack Shore. Um, let's go ahead and just take a look real quick. Jack Shore. Yep, Wales. Uh, the guy had a lot of support in the octagon. I mean, it was, it was pretty crazy. Um, there were people that were chanting his name and rooting for him. He was definitely the uh, fan favorite in this bout. Um, Jack the Tank Shore versus Tamir Lucky Valev. Um, Tamir wasn't very lucky today. Um, it was a, a very strong bout. Um, Jack Shore, I mean, I can't say enough. The dude had big takedowns all fight. Uh, even had uh, a few opportunities where like you thought he was going to get the submission or even the knockout um just absolutely manhandled tomorrow the majority of this fight and comes out with the unanimous decision uh jack shore is definitely one we're going to keep an eye on in the future the guy was uh, the guy looked really nice all right uh now we're coming up to the last fight that wasn't on our parlay right so out of there were 12 bouts of the night uh we took uh, three of them we didn't take, and it was the Elise Reed McKenna fight, the Jack Short Tamur Valev fight, and now the Nikita Krylov Paul Craig fight. Um, we got another underdog upset win, right? I mean, dear God, uh, Paul Craig. Wow. I had no idea who this dude was coming into this fight. I wish I did. Uh, he's undefeated in the octagon, uh, especially after his win today. Uh, he wins in a first round submission with 357 uh, on the clock. He was the plus 175 underdog. Nikita Krylov was minus 210. Uh, Krylov started out whooping this Scottish dude's ass. I mean, Paul Craig was showing in the highlight reels wearing a kilt, and he's and he's shadow boxing on top of a mountain. It was fucking badass. And then Krylov comes out and just starts whooping this guy. Um, it was, I mean, I, there was like two different points where we thought that uh, Paul Craig was knocked out, or at least like losing consciousness. And uh, I thought Krylov had this fight. I mean, I didn't have any money on it, but I was very interested in this fight just because of how intense it was. Um, but then all of a sudden, at the three-minute, I would say maybe the four-minute marker, 
right? We got a minute, less than two minutes into this fight. Paul Craig pulls out an amazing triangle submission from his back. Holy shit, what a come from behind victory. I was stunned. I thought he was done. He took huge shots the entire round before that submission with in less than four minutes. I mean, I can't see a world where he doesn't get the performance bonus. And like I said, I'm going to do a live reaction to the performance bonuses when we're done recapping these. I'm going to pull up the Instagram account on UFC and see if they've announced the performance bonuses yet. I have to imagine they have. Um I mean, this was, I, I, I was stunned at the come from behind victory with this triangle. It was so nice. This guy's submissions are amazing. Um, I could not understand eight out of the 10 words he was saying in the post fight, uh, interview with Bisping. Um, but wow, do I like, uh, Paul Craig now? I mean, this guy, keep an eye on him. He is, uh, uh, he's got hands like stone. And his submission was so quick and so nasty. There wasn't anything Nikita Krylov could do. And, I mean, I can't. I'm just looking at these odds, and I was like, wow, this was great. Great upset. Great upset for Paul Craig. Congratulations. All right. Now we're up to the heavyweight bout between Shamil Abdurkamov and Sergei Pavlovich. Um, this is now the first fight on our – or the now the second fight on our uh, Big Fish Parlay, right? We hit the first one with the Muhammad hit, and now we bet Sergey at a minus 350 to beat Shamil at a plus 270, right? Um, Abdurkamov needs to, to go down. We, we need this to keep the hedge going, right? Um, this would be back-to-back hits uh, for the Angry Ape betting on a Sergey. We had a Sergey... Uh, Palovich that beat Greg Hardy that we predicted, and now we got uh, Sergey. Oh no, that was Sergey. Sergey Palovich fought today. Um, oh goodness, I cannot remember Sergey's name from uh, uh, the Greg Hardy bout, but we know that he won. Sergey beat Greg Hardy, and now Sergey has now beaten Shamil. Um, this was so, like I said, two times in a row betting on the Sergey. It felt right. Um, Sergey, first time coming back in two years of fighting. Um, he looks explosive. Um, I didn't even realize that he hadn't been in the octagon in two years when I placed this bet. It kind of made me a little nervous, but, uh, when he came out, he looked explosive. Um, and Shamil kind of intimidated me at the beginning of the fight. He looked like a giant bald Khabib. Uh, it was a scary dude. Um, but let me tell you, this fight was, I mean, less than a minute it took to get this knockout. Uh, 4.03, the fight ends. 57 seconds, these guys go toe-to-toe, and what ends in a amazingly nasty uppercut. Uh, like a hybrid uppercut with a straight. I mean, it was, it was perfect. It was precise. It was powerful. Perfect, precise, and powerful. I mean, Wow. And then once he puts him on the ground, finished him up with a couple hammer fists for the TKO win. Um, we're feeling real good now. Now we're three in a row um, or uh, two in a row on the on the night. I mean, we're, we're, we're rolling. We're rolling. We're rolling. And we get to the next fight, 
which is Mike Grundy and Makwan Amrakani. And this is where the big parlay kind of fell apart. All right. Um, it just, it just wasn't meant to be, um, the big one. I, I felt very confident about it, to be honest. And the fact that it didn't hit, uh, made me a little upset. You know, I mean, I, I, I can only, uh, I can only do so much, you know, uh, Grundy was minus 200 coming in this fight. Makwan was plus 170. Uh, Makwan was the veteran fighter, uh, coming into this and Grundy was the hot up and comer, you know, and at minus 200, I thought it was a good option, you know, and we were betting the Brits and on this big parlay, that was our British parlay card. We had a total of Patty the Pimblet, Arnold Allen, Tom Aspinall, Molly McCann, and Mike Grundy. So this is now the first fight on the big parlay. Right. Round one starts. Uh, Grundy. I mean, this was rough. Grundy goes in, tries to make some connections, never really made any connections, shoots for a takedown very early in the fight within one million, uh, within one minute, and Makwan catches him in a guillotine, and it's, it's tight. It's so tight. Um, Grundy is left absolutely unconscious. Um, Makwan was coming off of three consecutive losses coming into this fight. Uh, he came into the ring and did a cartwheel into a backflip, and that made me very nervous. And I feel like at that point I was like, uh-oh, I think I'm fucked. Um, Mike Grundy walked out to Here I Go Again on my own, was strutting. Uh, it looked great. Uh, the English were... Um, you know what? This was the one English fighter where I felt like they didn't really have the he didn't really have the support of the stands like all the other English fighters did but then again it was early in the night it was the last fight of the prelims maybe there wasn't as many people there as the final uh, main card but um, just like that my parlay was fucked I mean Grundy gets submitted left unconscious on the mat um, it was a nasty nasty guillotine um, Makwan deserved that win absolutely he timed his he timed his choke he, he waited for Grundy to make a mistake, and when that mistake was made, he capitalized, and, and he won that fight. So now we are minus 25 on uh, on that parlay, right? We lost 25 bucks. But the Big Fish parlay is still up, right? Um, there's still room for us to go positive, right? Um, a, a win on the Big Fish parlay is plus $35 and would hedge the minus $25 we just lost. Would We would end up with 10 bucks for the night. And you know what? That didn't sit well with me. Um, and I felt like I needed to make it a little bit more eventful and wanted to... Because uh, you know what sucked was once that Mike Grundy fight fucked up, I had no skin in the game for Molly McCann, Tom Aspinall, Arnold Allen, and Patty Pimblett. And... Uh, um, I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do, and I, you know what, I got to uh, this, you know what, we'll get there after the Molly McCann fight. I'll explain to you what happens next after the Molly McCann. So, up next is the lightweight bout between Jai Herbert and Ilya Topuria. Uh, plus 435 for Jai Herbert, and minus 600 for Ilya Topuria. This is another one on the big fish uh, for us. Um, 
we needed this fight to clearly keep that other parlay going so we didn't go down 50 and we could still go plus 10. Um, save the night. Uh, I'm hoping for an Illy, a quick round finish before this fight starts. Um, the man looks fierce out there. Herbert came out, honestly looked scared, walking uh, walking towards Ilya. Um, the round starts, and I'm thinking this is going to be quick, right? Ilya is going to uh, just pummel this guy. I mean, we've seen this guy's highlights, his powers, un- unbelievable. Uh, the crazy thing was is that Jai Herbert had, I think, almost like a six or a seven-inch reach advantage, which very which. Big reach advantages always make me nervous because that requires the guy with shorter reach advantage to get in tighter and uh, piece him up from the inside, right? Where the other guy can kind of keep a distance and strike from the outside. So round one starts and Jai Herbert hits massive shots, massive, massive shots on uh, uh, Ilya Tokoria. Puts him down once, they go to the ground, Ilya's got to get up. Um, Jai Herbert, I believe, had two knockdowns hits Ilya twice, knocks him down twice, and the only answer Ilya had in that first round was one takedown. And uh, it, it, at the end of round one, I mean, Jai Herbert wins. And you're freaking out. The live odds got significantly less in Ilya's favor. Uh, he was still slightly favored, even though he'd lost round one, probably because Vegas knew what kind of power this guy had, right? Um, Herbert looked strong, and that reach advantage was apparent in the first round. But just when you thought that some fluke was happening and there was about to be a plus 435 underdog, right? Uh, Ilya changed the narrative of the fight with one punch. Um, Second round starts. This man gets in tight, uh, gets him kind of up against the cage. And, uh, I mean, this man is just scary talent. His his power on Herbert's cheek was so ferocious, and I'm scared for uh, the day that Patty has to step up in the ring uh, with Ilya. Um, it, it, It... they got into a bit of a close-range brawl. Throws were exchanged. Uh, Ilya clips one, swings a second, swings a third, and I believe it was the third or the fourth. The fourth strike comes with a right hook that hits uh, Jai Herbert square in the cheek. Head spins to the right. Guy goes out stone cold. Stone cold walk-off knockout for Ilya Topuria. I mean, god damn, does this kid have power amazing, amazing power, second round knockout, uh, our big fish parlay still alive. We are three out of five now on the big fish, right? Um, the post fight, uh, interview or the post fight. Yeah. The post fight interview with Bisping, uh, was very awkward. Ilya, uh, didn't really want to have anything to do with the questions that Michael Bisping had. All he wanted to do was make it very clear that, uh, fuck Patty the Batty. Uh, to quote him, he said, uh, fuck the blonde bitch. Um, I think he said that more than a few times, you know? Um, and to be honest, I'm a little scared for Patty because he took a shot tonight where, er, eh, and we'll get in that later, where I thought Patty was, was going out, you know, with a nice shot. And Ilya's power looks way stronger than uh, Vargas's power um, was during that fight tonight. And I mean, I, I would be nervous for Patty to fight Ilya Topuria. This fight is going to be nasty when it happens. Um, but we're still alive. The Big Fish parlay is still alive. We need two more. We need Gunnar Nelson uh, to win, and we need Patty Pimblett to win. And then our Big Fish hits, and uh, we hedge our bet, and we go plus 10 for the night, right? So 
We get to the Molly McCann Luana Carolina fight. It's a well, it's a women's flyweight bout. Um, Molly McCann is minus one thirty-five going into this. Luana is plus one fifteen. So pretty evenly uh, matched um, as we get into this. And to be honest, at this point, I'm thinking like this is a good stress break because had that um, had that uh, uh, what's his name Grundy that Mike Grundy fight hit, I would have had, I believe. Seven back to 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 back fights where I was contingent on needing to win every single one of those in order to hit my big parlay, right? So there was a little bit of stress that was taken off me knowing the Molly McCann fight I was going to watch was was one I didn't have a bet on. And to be honest, I regretted it immediately once it started. This girl came out swinging. All right. For two rounds, Molly McCann had takedowns and an absolute devastating striking that was piecing up Luana Carolina for most of the fight. Uh, Molly McCain um, opens up the round like an angry English bulldog and lands a shot on Carolina, almost puts her uh, out completely. She followed up with brutal, brutal follow-up shots, and it's clear why McCann is a strong favorite in this fight. The stadium loves McCann. They're, they're, this is the most electric the, the stadium's been all night, and even though we've had a few English fighters fight already. These people love Molly McCann. She's from Liverpool. Uh, she's very close with Patty the Batty, and uh, she is wants to make a big statement in this ring, and she starts round one making a huge, huge statement. Um, there was a stronger second round for Carolina, but Molly has uh, two big takedowns. Um, that kind of, you know, uh, evened out the round. So we go into the third round, kind of in a sense that maybe it's 1-1, maybe it's 2-0. Uh, we're not quite sure uh, where, where, where we're at. You know, Molly definitely won the first round, could have won the second round. Carolina could have won the second round. Um, someone live-tweeted mid-fight, I'm knackered watching Molly go. Uh, that was like the most British thing I saw all day. It was hilarious. I'm knackered watching Molly go. Um, and of course, third round starts immediately. These two start brawling again. They get in close. They kept doing this thing where, um, actually it was Luana Carolina was a very fond of her, uh, up grappling where she would grab the back of Molly's neck and get in close and try to land body shots and, uh, close range shots. And at one point in the third round, they're going back and forth. They're exchanging shit. And, uh, time was one fifty two. When Molly McCann throws probably one of the nicest walk-off spinning back elbow knockouts I've seen since Yuri Porches- uh, Porchaska knocked out uh, Dominic Reyes with a spinning back elbow and knocked his head off the, the cage. I mean, through this spinning back elbow, lands cleaner than anything else I've ever seen. She's only the fourth person in UFC history, to win by spinning back elbow. I mean, give it up for this girl. There was gas in the tank. People were worried that she was going to run out of gas in the third round. This girl did not run out of gas once. Once. I mean, she was pedal to the metal the entire time, and the power and, and ferocity behind the spinning back elbow was disgusting. I mean, put Luana Carolina to sleep. They couldn't even stand her up for the uh, hand raise um, when they gave the hand raise to Molly. Uh, she was still being tended to on the ground. I mean, vicious, vicious, vicious spinning back elbow. Uh, if I had to guess, like I said, we're doing the live um, reaction to the fight bonuses here after the recap. 
Um, if I had to guess, Molly's going to get a fight bonus. She's going to get a performance bonus for sure. Um, what a fight. Absolutely what a fucking fight. So this win with Molly McCann sparks a fire in me that I need to do something else, you know, so I just don't go plus 10 for the night. You know, I'm pissed because now I'm basically hitting every single bet besides Mike Grundy. And I'm, I'm, I'm so pissed. I'm going to let Mike Grundy fuck up both my, 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 my big parlay. You know, I still have the hedge going, obviously. Um, the next fight, the Gunnar Nelson Takashi Sato fight is, uh, the second to last fight that I need for my big fish for parlay to hit. Um, but I wanted to do something different in order to uh, make the night a little bit more interesting. Because like I said, I got to that Molly McCann fight. I didn't have any skin in that fight. And then I wish I did afterwards. And I was not going to go into the Patty Pimblett, uh, Kazula Vargas fight without any skin in it. Because I love Patty the Batty. We are Patty the Batty ride or die podcast here. When Patty the Batty steps in the fight with Ilya Topura, we are going to root for Patty the Batty. We have to see the odds though before we decide who we're betting on. But... We will root for Patty the Batty no matter what. Um, and I wanted to do something to put some skin in that fight. So before the Gunnar Nelson Takashi Sato fight started, I put uh, 25 down on a plus 300. Patty the Pimblet wins by knockout. Uh, this was on a separate thing. I believe my buddy did it for me on DraftKings. Um, there was a boost. It was plus 200. They boosted it to plus 300. I was like, let's go. He had an amazing knockout the last fight. Let's see if Patty can get another knockout this fight. All right. So now that's sitting out there. All right. So now we got 25 to win 75 sitting out there. Right. Gunnar Nelson, Takashi Sato is before the Patty Pimblet fight. So let's start there. It's a welterweight bout. Gunnar Nelson's a plus 525. Takashi Sato plus 385. Um, this one I'm going to keep short. Gunnar Nelson absolutely smothered Takashi Sato for three straight rounds. You would have thought... Uh, Gunnar Nelson had a relative that died in Pearl Harbor, and this was his revenge to the country of Japan because he smothered Takashi Sato for 15 minutes, and this kid had no answer for the pressure and power of Gunnar Nelson's uh, wrestling and, uh, ground, and ground game. I mean, put it to this kid. Three straight rounds, he managed to get a body triangle from behind and almost submits him in each round. Um, I'll give it up to Takashi Sato. He was very good at protecting his neck. Uh, we had a few fights tonight where there were submissions and people did not protect their neck. So this guy at least protected his neck and, and didn't get tapped out or choked out, you know. But for three rounds, Gunnar Nelson took this kid down multiple times each round and then by the end of the round, at some point, had a body triangle from behind and was ground and pounding this kid from behind and kept making attempts at the uh, the rear naked choke. Um, Gunner did that for 15 minutes straight um, and just the, the hammer fist are probably what sealed the deal. The unanimous decision comes out and uh, we have now hit four out of five on the, on the big fish parlay. Um, all we need now is Patty the Batty to win for that parlay to hit, and we make 35 bucks. hedges the 25 we lost, and now we have a 25 sitting out there for a Patty the Batty, uh, Patty the Batty knockout, 25 to win 75, right? So it's all coming down to Patty the Batty, right? We need the win, and we need the win by knockout. Um, 
I am stoked. This is what I've been waiting for all night. I really didn't even care much about the last two fights. Um, that's not true. I wanted to watch the Arnold Allen fight a lot just because uh, anyone that's undefeated in the octagon is, is, is someone to keep an eye on. Um, and obviously, we're going to get into the Tom Aspinall fight later. And, uh, I was talking shit earlier this week, and I got nothing but respect for Tom Aspinall now. So back to Patty the Batty. We got a lightweight bout. Patty Pimblet minus 675. Kazula Vargas, plus 475. Holy shit. All right. Round starts. Kazula comes out fast. Within 15 to 20 seconds, drops Patty to the ground. Patty pops back up, goes for a takedown. That gets kind of like uh, smashed up. You know, Kazula falls back on his guard and gets Patty underneath. Um, and then for about, I want to say a minute, they kind of struggle for someone to maintain position. Um, I believe Patty gets back up to his feet, right? Patty gets back up to his feet after Vargas is trying to get Patty. And Patty, I mean, he's back to his feet up against the cage, but Vargas is still on top of him. I'm, I'm just hang with me, guys. I didn't take notes on this fight because it was so enthralling. And I was figured I could remember everything, and now I'm remembering it as I'm going. Patty the Batty stands up from that first. Uh, knockdown. Um, Vargas tried to smother him on the ground. Pimblet gets up anyway, right? And Vargas is still putting pressure on him up against the cage. Patty somehow reverses the hold and does this wicked hip throw. Throws the guy like 180 over his over his hips. Lands on top, and then it's easy, quick work for Patty Pimblet. I mean, everyone's going, uh, ole, 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 and I mean. Patty, the batty chants were raining throughout the facility. You see this kid just slowly take position. He gets behind. He gets the body triangle from behind. And it's quick work for Patty, the batty. He knows exactly where to hit this guy for Kazula to give up his guard on his neck. And Patty secures a nasty, nasty tight rear naked choke uh, submission in the first round. Um, shit. You know, this is bittersweet because we hit now our big fish parlay is five for five. We made 35 bucks, right? Now we're up 10 from being down 25 on the first parlay, right? So we went minus 25 and then plus 25 or plus 35 and then minus 25 again. So now we're minus 15 for the night and I'm... Like I said, I'm, I'm kind of pissed off because I really wanted to see a knockout, but the submission was nice. Patty could definitely see a performance bonus for this first-round submission. Um, and, oh my God, did the O2 Arena go absolutely nuts. This kid is a star. Uh, Molly McCann jumps in the octagon and celebrates with him. I mean, it was nuts. The beginning of this fight, by the way, I forgot to tell you, Molly McCann and Michael Bisping were, were chugging Howlerhead whiskey straight from the bottle. It was awesome. Um She's in there celebrating with Patty. He's telling everybody, I told you, blah, blah, blah. I didn't even really listen to the, the presser because I was so distracted by the, 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 the missing the knockout. But like I said, I'm minus 15 bucks now, and uh, I'm thinking I'm calling it quits. I'm like, you know what? I was plus 10. Now I'm minus 15. I don't want to go any further in the hole. Uh, let's call it a night, right? Um, but, I'm, but I'm pissed, and I'm a little itchy still, you know, that, that itch, I still want to chase, I'm telling myself I'm not going to chase, 
but the itch to chase is still there, right? Second fight, co-main event of the night, featherweight bout between Arnold Allen and uh, Dan Hooker. I mean, this fight could not have been um, tighter as far as odds. I believe this was the tightest fight of the night, minus 115 for Arnold Allen, 105 for Dan Hooker. Both of them favorite Arnold Allen, the the slight favorite, excuse me. All right. Um, Dan Hooker's nasty. We've seen Dan Hooker in the past. He had a tough loss to Islam Makachev, but Dan Hooker is a tactical, hard-hitting fighter, and he's dropped people with a single knee, a single punch. I mean, it was not out of the realm of possibility for Dan Hooker to win this fight, but uh, I text my guy at the beginning uh, during the pre-fight, and I say, what's the uh, Arnold Allen win by? And I believe it was 115 when he texted me. And I was like, you know what? That's too tight. I don't want to put anything else on it. You know, if I put 25, it's going to be less than a $25 win. Um, that gets me out of the hole of the minus 15, but only by what? Like seven or eight bucks. And so I sat back and I said, fuck, um, I really think Arnold Allen could win this fight by knockout, but I'm not going to do anything. Um, the fight starts. I don't place a bet. And Arnold Allen and Dan Hooker come out swinging and slugging. They both made connection early in the fight. Um, but Arnold Allen, the power difference between the shots he landed and the Dan Hooker shots were, like, irresputable. Like, the, 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 the power difference was so recognizable. Arnold Allen was making solid connection where Dan Hooker was making partial connection. And Dan Hooker got rocked, I mean, at least seven or eight times hard where he wasn't falling backwards. Um, like He was stumbling. His legs would get wiggly. You could tell his head wasn't all there. And then you just see Arnold Allen teeing off left, right, left, right, left, right. I mean, fastest, fastest mean combinations. And Dan Hooker kept escaping them for about two minutes and, and, and 15 seconds till finally he gets caught with one and Arnold Allen closes in and unloads another fury of left-right combinations up against the cage and dude pulls out a standing TKO. I mean, Dan Hooker was defenseless. The ref saw that Hooker is taking nothing but damage. He's not protecting himself at all. It was brutal. And Arnold Allen gets a first-round TKO win. Um, I'm pissed because in my head I'm thinking I should have just bit. I knew it in my gut that he was going to win. He had an opportunity for the TKO. Why the fuck did I not place this bet? And I said, you know what? I'm minus 15 bucks for the night. You know, I don't want to go into recording this podcast losing. Losing anything, even if it was a light loss. I wanted to win. I wanted plus money. I wanted plus fucking money. I wanted plus fucking money. And after the Arnold Allen win, I had an opportunity that I didn't close on, and I said, I'm not going to miss this again. I had this gut feeling that if I just tried one more time, I could get out of the little hole I was in. So I text my guy, and I said, what is the Tom Aspinall knockout odds? He texts me back. He said, there are none. I said, well, that sucks. He said, there are submission odds. 
And I said, I don't want that, which obviously come in, we'll talk in a second, that would have been good as well. But I asked, what about the fight doesn't go to decision? And he said, yeah, that's on there. Tom Aspinall wins by knockout or submission, which virtually is the fight not going the distance, right? I, I was betting the fight would not go to a decision. And I was nervous because Alexander Volkov went five rounds with Cyril Gaon, and Cyril Gaon won by decision. And that fight, I mean, to me, Cyril Gaon is the, is the interim champ, or, or, I mean, was the interim champ, lost to Francis Ngannou. Um, he's the number one in the heavyweight under the champion. And if Alexander Volkov went five rounds with him, I was very nervous about Tom Aspinall being able to finish uh, Alexander Volkov. But I said, let's fucking do it. It's plus 180 odds. So it was $25 to win 35. Um, this 35 would get me out of the hole and I would come out with 20 bucks for the night, right? The fight starts. Uh, these guys got pretty good space between each other. And um, Tom Aspinall just looks so calm and so cool and ready for this fight. And Alexander Volkov is pumped. You know, he's got that that crazy Russian thing going on and the fight starts. And like I said, there's maintaining distance looking for their moments. And Tom Aspinall waits for no time to go for uh, takedowns uh, clips. Volkov take goes for the takedown, gets him down. I believe twice. It was the second takedown in which Tom Aspinall is able to uh, get the ground control. Well, the first takedown, let's talk about that. Um, he gets full guard or half guard. And uh, goes for putting a knee on Volkov's left arm to pin the arm to the ground. And he has wrist control with the other arm. So at this point, his head is defenseless and you can just go for the ground and pound. He gets a bunch of couple shots off. Volkov eventually escapes, gets back up to his feet. And that's when Tom Aspinall went like right for the next takedown. I mean, not a lot of time goes by. This fight was over at 345. Um, Tom Aspinall gets on top of... Volkov. Volkov is defenseless against the pressure that Tom Aspinall has on him. And Tom Aspinall pulls out one of the nicest. You thought, I thought he was going for the Kimura first. He had the elbow bent back and the arm pulled up. Um, but I believe, if I remember correctly, it was a straight arm bar. Uh, I mean, he had Volkov's arm straight and put pressure on the outside of the elbow, basically forcing that hyper, uh, that hypertension, um, or that hyperextension, you know, where your joints bending the opposite way. And my God, I mean, it was a quick tap. It wasn't like he was trying to get out of it. It, as soon as Aspinall had the pressure where he needed it, Volkov tapped. Alexander Volkov was done. I am so excited to see where Tom Aspinall goes in this heavyweight division. Um, I think at this point, he can easily call out anyone in the top five. And he did call out someone in the top five in regards to Ty Tuavasa. Um, so now we got two guys that are trying to fight Ty. And I mean, oh, we got a breaking news. Oh, it's football. I don't give a shit. Um, listen, Ty Tuavasa now either fights for the title against Francis Ngannou whenever that happens, or 
I was also told if the Francis fight isn't going to happen because of contract things, John Jones might get a title fight against whoever the number one contender is or whoever the whoever's supposed to get the, the Francis fight. So that could be John Jones versus Tai Tuivasa. Or now we have Tom Aspinall versus Tai Tuivasa. Tom Aspinall post-fight goes, Hey, Ty, you're not the only one who likes to drink beer. We drink beer in England. And the next time you're in the UK, let's do this. I mean, Aspinall once tied to Avasa. I think that would be an electric fight. Uh, both of these guys have crazy power. If tied to Avasa uh, connects with Tom Aspinall, he puts him down. If Tom Aspinall connects with Tai Tuivasa, he could put him down. Or if he just gets him to the ground, he could submit Tai Tuivasa, which I haven't seen anyone do yet. Um, so that would be interesting. But point of the story is we hit. We hit. We won 35 on the Aspinall, not going the distance, win, not going the distance. And we're plus 20 bucks for the night, you know? And I was telling you guys at the beginning of this podcast, I didn't make a lot of money this week. You know, it, it, we had an opportunity with the big parlay to make like over 200 something dollars, uh, collectively. If everything had hit, we would have made two twenty plus 75 is 295, uh, plus 235. So like almost $350, maybe a little bit more than 350, right? We end up plus 20. The point of the matter is I did not give up. I did not. I refused to go negative this week, and we kept the positive money streak alive. Positive money last week, positive money this week. You know, I'm stoked. Like I said, this day wasn't about, I mean, obviously it's always about making money, but after this win, after I realized I just did, it was more about the chase. It was the chase was so much fun today. Oh my, I just can't, I can't exaggerate enough how much of a great day I had watching UFC by my house on my couch. And I have a pinched nerve in my neck. I'm in a lot of pain and I still had a phenomenal, phenomenal day. Um, listen guys, we went nine out of 10 picks between the two big parlays, between the fish parlay, the big fish parlay and the British parlay. Mike Grundy fucked it all up. I mean, no, I mean, the guy's already beating himself up for that. I mean, literally going to sleep. Um, he got choked out rough. I'm not going to sit here and talk shit about Mike Grundy. Did he blow the racehorse and uh, fuck up our parlay? Absolutely. But you know what? At the end of the day, nine out of ten predictions right plus a... Last-minute Hail Mary with Tom Aspinall finishing a fight before the end of the fifth round. I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Obviously, the only thing that would get better if we made more money. But I'm I'm feeling good, and I'm excited for next week. We got uh, fight predictions coming up probably maybe Wednesday or Thursday this week. Um, I believe we have a Chris Dawkins fight. Uh, I can tell you guys real quick. Uh, it's Chris Dawkins versus... Um, one second. I'm looking it up for you guys right now. It's going to be Chris Dawkins versus, oh, this is good. Curtis Blades versus Chris Dawkins. Um, UFC Fight Night. I'm pretty sure it'll be in Vegas. Um, let's go ahead and take a look real quick. Actually, will tell us if it's in Vegas. Actually, no, we're going to Columbus, Ohio. 
the Nationwide Arena. Um, awesome. I'm excited for this. Uh, Curtis Blades, Chris Dawkins, just a little teaser. They're our main card event. Uh, we also have uh, Askar Askarvov versus Kaikara France. Uh, we slept on Kaikara France the last time he fought. I believe it was Cody Nolove and absolutely starched him. Um, Stone Cold knocked him out. I might be riding Kaikara France. We got to take a look at this Askar guy. Um, also got downtown Matt Brown fighting. That's going to be um, that's going to be fun. Alexi Olenek. Uh, looks like the David Onuma fight had a dropout. David Onuma doesn't have an opponent uh, as of right now. Um, Jennifer Maya, that'll be fun. Some nice names on this card next week. So might not be a big, big parlay like we did this week um, or two of them. But definitely, definitely have some momentum with the win this week and the plus money this week and the plus money last week. Listen, guys, I don't want to take up any more of your time. Um, bottom line... England was fun. I am so excited for the future and where uh, this momentum is going to go. And the momentum with the Angry Ape is going great. Like I said before, guys, uh, the Angry Ape on Instagram, uh, at the Angry, I'm sorry, at the Angry Ape Pod on Instagram, at the Angry Ape Pod on Twitter. And uh, TikTok hasn't been fully set up yet. I still got to clear the account and start posting some videos and stuff on there. But, um, I mean, you you know the deal. It's 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 happening. We're 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 working around the social media so that we're a well-rounded, uh, marketed podcast. Best thing you guys can do for me is spread the love, um, follow up, uh, like the podcast or follow the pod, uh, subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, and um, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, hopefully we can. I mean, we we got momentum. And uh, oh, also this is a little fun to end the show. Uh, Philly Fresh Row, um, our boy from two weeks ago, an Orlando fighter, uh, friends with Alex Nicholson and Mike Perry, liked a couple of my Instagram posts, so that's cool. Um, maybe I'd send him a couple DMs and see if we can get a uh, uh, phone call interview or a FaceTime interview with Philip Rowe. Um, listen, guys, this has been uh, another great episode of The Angry Ape, and uh, I'm just thankful to uh, be able to watch great fights tonight and have you guys listen to me. Tommy Gatoni signing out.